Hi there, Eric. Welcome to the VIP Home Podcast. Thank you for coming once again to chat with us today. Um, as I had mentioned, this is Eric Yagi, and he is from the Water Quality Association. Um, we're going to be talking about well water today. So without further ado, Eric, is there anything that you'd like to mention before we kick off? Well, thank you for having me, Dana. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. Wonderful. Likewise, we love having you on. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, more than 15 million homes rely upon private household wells for drinking water, which is a huge number. First off, is well water generally safe to drink? So the most accurate answer I can give you is that it might be. Enough serious water quality problems with well water, uh, and it's common enough that homeowners on private wells should have their water tested. I wouldn't rely on chance when it's relatively easy to find out if your well water is safe to drink. So what are some concerns that maybe homeowners might have regarding well water safety? Sure. So let's let's first talk about uh, impacts from human activity, and then we can talk about naturally occurring substances. But groundwater can be impacted by industrial activity. It could release chemicals or metals into the ground, groundwater. Um, even well-intentioned human activities sometimes have unintended consequences. For example, people may have heard about PFAS contamination in the news. These are per and polyfluorinated alkyl substances that are commonly used in firefighting foams. And one of the ways they were re released into the environment is just through um, events that were staged to, to train firefighters, which is obviously very important. Mm -hmm. Once they were released in the environment, they're very persistent and they found their way into aquifers and, and they can travel long distances, many miles and contaminate large areas. So last time, really quickly, we had talked about the PFAS in the municipal water. So it is something that, as you're saying, can get into well water as well. Yes, it definitely is. But, uh, you know, even in rural areas, um, human activity can impact the groundwater. As I mentioned with PFAS, it can travel very long distances. That's true with many contaminants that can make it into the aquifers, but mm -hmm. agricultural activities can also be a source of contamination. Pesticides and herbicides might be a concern, nitrate or nitrate from fertilizers or from livestock manure can also you know, reach dangerous levels in aquifers, especially for small infants. So what is, I guess, your best advice for homeowners to help prevent these contaminants from getting into their well water? What can people do to eliminate maybe the, the top contaminants down, you know, and that get in there. Mm -hmm. So there are um, some great resources on this topic. You know, our expertise is really on the water treatment side, but there mm -hmm. are some great resources that I would recommend. Um, one of my favorites is the well care info sheets from the Water Systems Council. And they also publish a well owner's manual, just like an owner's manual for your well. Right. The uh, 
privatewellclass.org is a place where you can go and sign up for free to uh, get to attend webinars. Um, they have all kinds of training materials for private well owners, lots of fact sheets and tips of this nature as well. And there's also an EPA fact sheet for private well owners, which is very useful. Okay, that's very, very helpful. So if a well is contaminated, what should homeowners do? Is it the same thing like with municipal water? Is there, do you boil it? Do they have to have bottled water? Speak to a water quality professional. What's what? What are those? What do those steps look like? So let's start with bacteria. Um, the first thing to understand if someone tells you that your well is contaminated with bacteria is what type of bacteria did they test for? For example, one of the least expensive tests to perform is commonly referred to as a total plate count, aka TPC. It might just appear as TPC on the test report, or mm -hmm. some labs refer to it as a heterotrophic plate count, aka HPC. These are... Um, these tests are not an indication that your water is unsafe to drink. These are very common bacteria in water. Mm -hmm. Or to test you, municipal tap water, you would find HPC or TPC in that water as well. So don't let anybody convince you that your water is unsafe <laughs> because they found HPC or TPC bacteria in your water. Another test you might receive is a fecal coliform test or even an E. coli test, which is much more specific coliform test. Mm -hmm. The presence of fecal coliform or E. coli is an indication that fecal matter is somehow making it into your well water. And that is obviously a concern. Yeah, if fecal is. matter is making it into your well water, you might be getting exposed to pathogenic bacteria, viruses, or even cysts like um, cryptosporidium. So when that's happening, the homeowner should contact a, a well driller to have the well inspected and then disinfected. They will inspect the well to see if they can determine how the bacteria is getting into your well. Right. Oftentimes, this is from a poorly sealed well or a broken well cap. And then they will use a chemical to disinfect the well, followed by you know flushing to remove that chemical from your, your house. So how often should people get their wells inspected and how often are people, you know, should they test their well water anyways? Mm -hmm. So the EPA recommends testing once a year. I think that's a good rule of thumb. Okay. If you find problems, you may also want to follow some of the testing, uh, you know, to prove to yourself that you have successfully fixed those issues. You should also retest after flooding. Uh, if your well head has been underwater, there's a good chance that your well may have been contaminated. Or if you you found issues with nitrates and pesticides and fecal coliform in the past from surface runoff, then you may want to retest more often just to make sure that you, you fix those problems which allowed surface runoff to make it into your well. So is there you know, an indicator that a well water, you know, it, that the, your well is contaminated? What what are those warning signs? Are there warning signs? Is there a smell? Is there a discoloration? Or is it just simply from testing it? Right. So uh, first thing I would say is trust your senses, you know, a color, uh, bad taste or odor is 
an indication that something might be wrong. So okay. it, it's worthwhile to do some testing if you are noticing that. Other issues, you know, related to hard water, which is not dangerous to humans, but is damaging to your appliances, they're, are gonna show up as uh, a white scale that builds up on your faucets and your shower doors. Iron could cause a reddish staining. Manganese can cause a, a black staining. Manganese is not dangerous as well at lower levels, but if it's mm -hmm. at higher levels, it can be dangerous. So it could be both an aesthetic issue or a health issue, depending upon the, the levels. But many of the, the things that could potentially impact your health or the health of your family are completely tasteless and odorless, like arsenic, for example, right. which is a naturally occurring element that is common in the geology and is often picked up by the groundwater. So, um, you know, the best way to make sure your water is safe is to have it tested. Do you have tips to maintain it besides testing and having, you know, your yearly service done? Are there things that homeowners can do in between those dates to make sure that their well is, you know, well-maintained? Um, yes, absolutely. So um, the resources that I mentioned before from the EPA, from the Water Systems Council, and mm -hmm. from privatewellclass.org, those there will be lots of tips in there for you to maintain your well. General tips um, about, you know, just good best practices for maintaining a well. But if I had a private well, the first thing I would do is contact my county or state public health department mm -hmm. to see what programs they offer for well owners. Many of these agencies have field staff who are qualified to come out and look at your well, and then they can give you personalized recommendations for your well. And those personalized recommendations are going to be much more valuable than just general tips and guidelines. Right. So then I had another question that just came to mind in regards to municipal water or well water. There are certain communities that have municipal water and then a block over, it's on well water. So should anybody be concerned with that, you know, with that fine line of, of having municipal and the well so close? Could there be any runoffs that if one's contaminated, could it go into the other system or they're completely separate? There's no chance for those to kind of, you know, to share any of those contaminants. It's a good question. So it depends often on the source that the municipal water is using. So for example, if they are using a well mm -hmm. then, and, and they're in the same aquifer that your well is in, then they may have similar water chemistry and they may have unregulated contaminants that they found in their municipal water, such as PFAS mm -hmm. um, that are also showing up in your well and you may not know it unless you test. On the other hand, they're testing when they do their testing, it's after treatment. So things like arsenic, for example, you're not gonna find very often in municipal water because the treatments that they use at the municipal treatment plant are very effective at removing arsenic. But that doesn't mean that your well water doesn't have arsenic in it. Besides having it tested by a professional, it's okay for homeowners to go out and get their own test and test it themselves in between? And do you recommend people doing that? Yes. Um, so let's talk about testing for a little bit here. Um, 
I guess if you are a do-it-yourselfer, the first thing I would recommend is, you know, contact again, your, your state or, or your county uh, public health department, mm-hmm. because oftentimes they have programs that will help with, with testing. Mm-hmm. And they also might be able to, to recommend to you what to test for based on the history of the other groundwater testing in your area. If you are, uh, well, there's also private laboratories that do this kind of testing. Um, and the Water Quality Association can help you find certified drinking water laboratories in your state. Mm-hmm. But if you prefer to have someone take care of it for you, then you can use the WQA website to find a water treatment specialist in your area and they can come out and test your water. And then they can also recommend treatment based on your test results. Sometimes you will run across the, a free test kit in the local hardware store. These test kits are uh, typically they contain a small vial, uh, which the vendor will use to test your water for hardness. Based on the hardness results, they then may recommend a softener treatment to you. This is a very simple way to find out if you have hard water, but it's not going to help you determine if your water is contaminated with something that might impact your health. So just keep that in mind. Right. No, that's a good point because a lot there are a lot of do-it-yourselfers out there. And it's, you know, I guess for them knowing when to call in the professional versus continuing just to do it their own thinking that they can just be safe about it, but really they're not getting all the pertinent information that they need from those tests. And again, that's where the the state and the county public health department can really be your ally because they will know the history of the, the groundwater testing in your area and they'll be able to recommend here are things you might want to test for. So is there anything about wells that we haven't discussed in well water that you feel is important for our readers and listeners? We should probably discuss uh, some of the common contaminants that are found in just give people a little bit of idea of what technologies they have available to to treat for those things. So we talked about bacteria, virus, and cyst, and in the need to you know disinfect your well if you have right. those. But after you your well is disinfected, um, there are products that that you can get which are certified to remove bacteria, virus, and cyst. And you may want to think about installing something like that as a final barrier in case the problem reoccurs. There's also um, arsenic, um, nitrate and nitrite are commonly found in wells. And these are all commonly, uh, these are all easy to remove with a, with a reverse osmosis system that you can install at your kitchen sink. Mm-hmm. And it will come with a separate faucet that you only use for drinking water or cooking water. You can also get whole house systems for these contaminants that will remove, you know, all it will treat all the water coming into your home. There are things like um, radiological contaminants like radium, barium, strontium, which are easy to remove with a water softener. And so then you will also get the benefits of softened water, you know, protection of your appliances, cleaner clothes, less energy usage, you know, preventing the buildup of hard water scale. And there's a lot of other stuff. There's PFAS, uh, pesticides, herbicides. Um, in some cases, you'll have volatile organic solvents showing up from leaking underground storage tanks or 
other industrial chemicals showing up. And there's a variety of products that are available to treat for these contaminants in your home. And there are point of view systems, there are you know, kitchen sink systems, there's pitcher filters, refrigerator filters, whole house solution. So, you know, just you find out, I guess, what's in your water first by testing, and then you can shop around to look for products that are certified to remove those contaminants. So another question, after a well has been treated and disinfected, is there any protocol that has to be done then in the house with the homeowner? Do they have to run the water and for a certain amount of time or once it's treated, you're, you're good to go? Yes, that is a very good point. So after the, the professional um, comes out and disinfects your well, mm -hmm. they will, they need to flush that chemical out of the well and out of, you know, through your, through your plumbing is usually the way they do it. Right. But one other thing to keep in mind is regardless of who you, who have do that disinfection step, mm -hmm. make sure that they are using a chemical that has been certified to uh, NSF ANSI CAN 60. Now I'm going to explain that. So Please it's do. <laughs> standard, uh, it, it commonly referred to as standard 60, okay. um, but it's published through NSF International. So that's the first three letters, NSF. The second four letters, ANSI, A-N-S-I, stands for the American National Standards Institute. That means it's a North American standard It's an, that's been adopted by ANSI. And then the last three letters, CAN, means it's also a Canadian national standard, which has been adopted by the Standards Council of Canada. But essentially, this is the standard that is ensure safety of chemicals that are used with drinking water. The bottom line is what you don't want. You don't want somebody dumping household bleach no. or pool and spa chemicals down your well. Those chemicals contain other things besides just chlorine. Some, right. of, those, some of those chemicals are intentionally added, like in your laundry bleach, you will have things that you know help with scent and odor and things like that and, and help with cleaning. Some of those things in those chemicals are unintentionally, they're just contaminants that are there naturally from the manufacturing process. They're not dangerous when you use them as they were intended. Right, right. Washing your clothes or for your pool or your spa, but you don't want them in your well. And putting them in your well could lead to longer term problems that are worse than the, the problem you started with, so. Right. Um, how long does that flushing take? though, after, you know, your well's been treated? It doesn't take long. I mean, typically these chemicals that they're using have a strong chlorine odor, so they can tell when they've flushed it out because the yeah. odor will go away. Okay. Okay. Well, if there isn't anything else that comes to your mind or mine, um, this was great. This was really informative. And as long as people stay safe and get their wells tested and follow protocols and trust your gut, you know, if you think that there's some contamination, then everybody, everybody's safe. Yep. The only other resource I would like to mention is the um, water treatment for dummies booklet, which does have a lot of tips in there for private well owners. Okay. Well, thank you, Eric. It is always a pleasure having you. We look forward to the next time.
and um, have a great day. All right. Thanks, Dana. Thank you.